saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Still Curtain Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Jagai, editor of StillCurtain.com. And joining me, as always, is contributor Shane Kubis. Shane, we've got some news on the offensive coordinator front. Uh, it's come with a mixed bag of reviews early on by fans. Uh, you and I are going to give our thoughts on that uh, in what we think about this hiring, how we think that the positive negatives and how things are going to ultimately play out. Uh, Steelers are down at the senior bowl and mobile scouting down there. We're going to talk about that. We're going to devote most of the show though, obviously, uh, to the biggest news this week. And that is, uh, Arthur Smith is the new offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He follows up Matt Canada for the past three years who followed up Randy Fickner the three years before that Shane. So not necessarily a high bar to clear here. Yeah. And the, the initial reaction, we'll, we'll talk about that more once we get into, you know, what we think about the hire, what fans thought about the hire, but this is the type of move that fits all the categories that they said they're going to look for. But I still think mm. fans and I think us as well, we're not expecting it to be this particular experienced offensive coordinator. Right. And I've already seen people say like, Oh, the you know, Steelers fans don't know what they want. You know, you give them what they want. And then they say, it's not that though. It's something else. And like, there's some truth to that for sure with any fan base, but this this hire definitely was not one that was on my radar coming into it. Yeah, as soon as I saw that on Sunday, I believe I'm like, okay, I think that there's a lot of truth to this because it does match what Tomlin is looking for. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we'll get into that here in just a second. We're going to spend most of the show on that. But uh, let's talk about uh, Tomlin and Omar Khan being down at the Senior Bowl for a second. Uh, not surprising to see them there. This is the, the, the scouting trail, uh, the beginning of it. And, yeah. and this is what Tomlin always used to do every single year with Kevin Colbert. And now uh, he's kind of, pa uh, Colbert's passed that torch to Omar Khan. And so it's it's Tomlin and Khan down at the Senior Bowl. Uh, what are you looking for from them this week? I think it's going to be really interesting because we've seen in the past, these guys are not always the best at hiding what they like, right? Hiding what they want, especially Tomlin and Colbert in the past. Con, maybe a little bit more so. I think he's probably not going to be as forthcoming and as obvious about maybe what he's looking to accomplish at the different circuits, whether it's the All-Star Games like this or the Combine and Pro Days. Mm -hmm. But we know Mike kind of makes it known based on who he's looking at, who he's focusing on down there. Like, We'll know, you know, we already probably do know from what I've seen a little bit of information about what they're looking at down in Mobile, at least. Yeah, it's been so obvious in the past to narrow down these selections. And mm -hmm. even last year, like we we knew, like I, I'd created that same checklist, too. And yep. so uh, Broderick was very high on there. And so I wasn't surprised mm -hmm. to see him be the pick. I'd like to see them be a little bit more subtle yeah, it's, with it's always what nice they're do doing. That. But I don't think like I think if we examined enough from any team, we could probably narrow there, down there. There's definitely well. so there's some and, and, and honestly, the NFL, they probably have a really good idea of what each other uh, their plans are for the draft. If, if they do any of their own uh, research yeah. there. So uh, we'll we'll break down that here in just a second as well, because the, the senior bowl always interests me every year. Yeah. We're going to talk about some of the standout players from there and who the Steelers could potentially be targeting. Uh, Art Rooney's comments is the last thing. A news item that I want to touch on uh, today, Shane, and he basically he addressed the media. This was before uh, just before uh, the offensive coordinator uh, hiring was decided, or yeah. at least we didn't know at the time. Maybe he already knew. And My so idea. he he talked and basically said, I've had enough. And that I mean, paraphrasing here, uh, he's had enough of this playoff drought. He's sick of going seven years without a playoff win. 
Uh, he wants that to change. But the other thing that I noted from that that I thought was really interesting, Shane, was Rooney made it very clear that the offensive coordinator decision was Mike Tomlin's and Mike Tomlin's alone. Like this responsibility falls on him. And to me, I don't know if it's like he's washing his hands of this as to not be any part of it at all in case it goes bad, <laughs> or if he's just saying, I trust Tomlin and I want him to take free reigns here. I think it was more so the second one, of course, you hope so at least. Again, like with most owners, right? Most of these guys, when they're making these these hiring decisions, you don't want them to be the ones to just look at this guy and say, oh, I would just want this guy, right? Because they're not going to know what to look for exactly. It's supposed to be a team effort, a collaborative effort, and I'm sure that it was not just Tomlin that made this decision. I'm sure that everyone was involved in some way, shape, or form, but at the end of the day, Tomlin is going to be the one who has to coach with him, right? He's going to be the one that has to allow Mm -hmm. him to run the offense the way that that guy sees fit, hopefully. So ultimately, this decision was always going to be down to Tomlin at the end of the day. If there's multiple options, I'm sure they went back and forth. But this, again, was always going to be his say at the end of the day. Yeah, and it makes sense. I mean, this is what most teams allow their head coach to do. But it makes me wonder, like, Shane, in in the back of Art's mind, was he like Mm – it Just didn't work out very well with Randy. Yeah. It didn't work out very well with Matt. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, no, I, I think that uh, there was never any question that Tomlin was no. going to make this decision here. Uh, and that's one that we're going to break down here in just a second. The Still Curtain Podcast is running a deposit match promotion up to $100 for any new sleeper daily fantasy user. Make sure you use promo code FANSIDED2 when signing up to receive your deposit match. Please remember to always game responsibly. Scan the QR code on the screen to see if you qualify. All right, Shane, let's talk Arthur Smith for you. Uh, those of you joining us here now, um, you might have some um, uh, preconceived notions about Arthur Smith. We probably did as well. Um, obviously, Shane and I have, have been looking a lot into him uh, since this signing has occurred. And so we're going to break down everything we know, the good and the bad. Uh, and we're going to answer some questions here for you. And so, I want to get your initial reaction here, Shane, because when I was scouring uh, Twitter right after this happened, like it seems like in a lot of, I mean, it's not surprising to see fans like just far one way or the other. And that's what it seemed like to me. Like, I felt like a lot of the media was on the side of, oh, this is a great hiring. Uh, He's going to bring a lot to the table in the running game, et cetera. Uh, Whereas a lot of the fan base was like, I hate this. How could Steelers do this? I I mean, it's much of the same. It's it's repetitive. The Steelers are already a good running team. So what was your initial reaction when you heard uh, the Arthur Smith news? So my initial reaction was, was especially because I saw that they were interviewing him. I was not surprised that they ultimately decided on him, right? Because, again, he meets all the requirements that was discussed heavily by Tomlin and by kind of the whole staff of the Steelers. They, they wanted someone with experience. Mm-hmm. They wanted somebody who ideally could – fit what they wanted to do offensively, which of course we know what that is now more than ever. We know what they're trying to accomplish on offense. And again, he has experience. I know that he, you know, I think this is where the the negative side of things come in for fans is there's a lot of recency bias with this kind of reaction, right? His tenure with the Falcons was not very good overall, right? He made some really bad decisions. He made some personnel errors. Like there's definitely things to be concerned about from his time with the Falcons. But if you go back to the last time he was calling plays, only not having to focus on what players he had to use, but just trying to play the best he can with what he had. He's had a lot of success, right? So I, I think it's it's definitely a mixed bag in general as a hire. My again, my initial reaction mm-hmm. was not one of surprise. It was more so, okay, this fits unfortunately, and we'll you know we'll get into why it's a little bit unfortunate. I think we both kind of have similar feelings about the negative side of things on this, but it wasn't surprising. Yeah, I was uh, I was leaning a little bit more on the negative side. I think maybe just yeah. initial reaction and things, but I, I think that this totally depends to me. I, I think what Art Smith are you getting here? Like, are you yes. getting the guy who who coached the Falcons and called the plays, mind you, for the last three years? Yeah, uh, in an offense that averaged nineteen point six points per game over a three year span. In per, in comparison. Uh, Matt Canada's offense averaged 18.7 a game. And so less than less than a point difference if we're judging it uh, by that category. Uh, but also, I think if you go back and look at his time, that two-year stint as the offensive coordinator of the Titans, I think there was tremendous success there uh, with that offense. I mean, he scored close to 30 points per game in one year, 24.9 in the other, um, and was just incredibly successful at running the football. And when he did pass, it wasn't often, but when he did pass, uh, the passing game 
was very efficient and very successful that way. And they did uh, in, in 2019, I believe they did make a playoff push. Um, the other one ended in one year drought, uh, a, a one year, uh, just in the wild card round, they were scored 13 points and were bounced by the Ravens. And so, um, it, he's kind of dealt with some of the similar things that the Steelers have dealt with. So I feel like it was an interesting hire. I think that you can do far worse. I think this is like, he, he gives you that baseline at least where you know that you're going to get a good running offense. That is something he's had in all five seasons where he's been calling the shots. And so, um, I, the next question I want to ask you then Shane is, is, is this the right move for the Steelers? Is this what they needed? So this is the, the crux of the issue. And I think this is what we're going to spend a lot of time talking about with, you know, some of our next questions and also this one in particular is I do not think that this hire is bad per se. I don't think that he's a bad offensive coordinator option, but I don't think he was the right offensive coordinator, coordinator option, right? And this is where you start having to get into philosophy. And we're going to get more into that later. But the Steelers clearly, the thing that they're missing the most, and granted, we it's probably a more of a quarterback thing at this point with who we have under center. But the passing game is so underdeveloped that the running game, as good as yeah. it was even this year, right? It just isn't enough in these high leverage, high profile playoff type games, right? You're not beating the, the Bills running the football at the rate we are running it at and not being able to execute in the passing game, right? At some point, you're going to have to do that. I will say Smith has had success building a passing game off of his run game. But the problem is similar to a lot of other offense coordinators who have that focus that aren't in like the Shanahan and McVay tier of guys. It's really hard for them to develop a drop back passing game that isn't reliant on play action, isn't reliant on the run game being successful. Those guys just don't have very well fleshed out passing offenses because they don't want to throw the ball mm -hmm. consistently, right? They want to be able to lean on the run game. So if he isn't going to bring a more sophisticated drop back passing game with him to the Steelers, even though we will have more success offensively, I think by default, just because he's going to have better play calls, he's going to use these guys better. I worry, and we're going to get more into the crux of this later, but I worry that it isn't going to be enough once mm -hmm. we get to the playoffs, especially if we are good enough to go back there next year. Yeah. I, that's where my mind went as well. Shane, I'm like this, this, uh, decision lines up exactly with what Tomlin wants, yeah. right? He run the football, take good care of the football, and then just let your defense do the work on their side. But it's like, what was the one thing that was working for the Pittsburgh Steelers last year? What was the one thing that they were good at was running the ball. You bring in an offensive coordinator whose specialty is running the football, something that the Steelers are already one of the better teams in the league at. And they've got one of the better running back duos uh, in football right now where they struggle immensely is in the passing game and they couldn't mustered up like 180 passing yards a game. And you don't get a guy that's going to help you a lot in that regard. And so for reference, uh, in Arthur Smith's career, five years total uh, of calling plays either, either as an offensive coordinator or as a head coach, he's never uh, amassed 225 yards per game passing the football which is a relatively low bar. And if that were a ranking yeah. in terms of like 2023 ranking, Shane, it would have been 18th in the NFL. Yeah. So his best season of five years would have been 18th in the NFL this season. So now I know it's not all just about volume. Like you can have a, a high volume passing offense and not be efficient at it. He was efficient at it in Tennessee, mm -hmm. but is it enough? And this is where the philosophy comes in again, Shane. So if you're, if your plan is to, run the football effectively. What happens when you get down by 10 points against the bills or the chiefs, like one of those teams, do you have the firepower to fight back into a game? And this is the issue that I have. Uh, I, I think the problem uh, with Arthur Smith is I, he's just not going to be a coordinator who is going to run solid pass concepts and go out there in 11 personnel out of shotgun and be able to fight his way back into a football game. Like you have to stay in the game throughout. Uh, and part of doing that is, you run the ball a lot and you don't take a lot of risk with the football. And I think that that's it in a way though, it, it limits the offense much like it has been since like 2017 when, when Todd Haley wasn't here. And so I, I think, I, uh, I think that could cause some issues when it comes to the ceiling of this offense and the, and the ceiling has been so low for so long. 
I don't know how much it increases the ceiling. Having somebody like Arthur Smith, I think it increases the floor. I think the baseline is there. I think that you're getting nine to 11 wins with him probably as the offensive coordinator. Uh, you're going to get a successful run game, but I just don't know how much it increases the ceiling. Yeah, that's ultimately the issue is the ceiling of this offense is what we've been missing, right? Like you want to have the ability to take the top off the defense if you can, especially with the playmakers we do have on offense, right? Like it's not like we're lacking in skill position talent, right? If that, if that was the case, I could excuse some of the issues we've had over the past couple of years, but that's just clearly not the case. I mean, George Pickens had a thousand yards and averaged like 18 yards a catch in an offense that couldn't do anything half the time. Like we clearly have the guys out there. Even Deontay had a solid year when he was healthy. Like we have the skill position talent. It's, and this is where the, the hiring is an issue for me is, is this, is he going to develop these guys? Is he going to get more out mm. of them than we've been able to get out of them? Probably, but not to the level that you would have wanted as a Steelers fan, I don't think. Yeah, I know. I think that's, that's where we are right now, at least. And so uh, let's dissect this further, Shane, and, and talk about what, Arthur Smith brings to the table exactly what is his his forte, his niche, uh, and then where are the areas that he struggles? And we touched on it a little bit already, but uh, he runs a, a zone and a wide zone running yeah. scheme, and it's been so successful in the past. Obviously, it helps when during his time in Tennessee, you've got a running back like Derrick Henry, like a just yeah. a generational yeah. monster at that position. But he did aid Henry towards a 2,000 rushing yard season with 17 rushing touchdowns. I mean, they were the best running team in the league and they were an incredibly efficient offense overall because of how successful the running game was they were able to uh really use that to set up the play action pass and this is the yeah. part that i think that that has me a little bit excited at least would be the play action game something the steelers have really struggled with uh in the past if you can get that play action going and get guys uh, running free across the middle of the field because you're you're you pull out you pull the ball out every once in a while and because the running game is so successful I think that's going to open things up. And what it did for uh, Arthur Smith's offense in the past is it made them very efficient on a per pass basis. Like Ryan Tannehill had the best seasons of his career, for averaged sure. like 9.2 yards an attempt or something ridiculous, which is just yeah. like an absurd number. Uh, <laughs> and so I, I feel like if I, we can't expect that type of efficiency from the Steelers and what they have to work with right now, uh, but I think there's encouragement there. Um, so what else do you want to add to that, Shane? I mean, pretty much just kind of branching off what you said, he is a heavy, heavy formation guy, right? Like his heavy mm -hmm. formations make oh, up yeah. the majority of his offense. And so if you're a Darnell Washington guy, if you like him, if you like Jalen Warren, because I think he's a better wide zone runner, those two are probably going to be having career years, you'd imagine. Washington, obviously, in the second year is, is different, but they, there's going to be a lot of heavy personnel. I expect them to, and I've heard this talked about from a couple other guys too, like there's probably going to be a fullback brought in unless they think Hayward can handle that role full-time, which maybe if he can, you know, that's fine too. But there's going to be a lot of heavy formations, a lot of 22, 13, 12 personnel, like, 20, like pretty much any heavy formation you can imagine. There's going to be a lot of that, I imagine. And yeah, it's probably going to be successful in the run game, especially right. And the play action game too, you brought it up. It's very well fleshed out. Like he's going to be able to find open space with the play action game. And I've heard mixed reviews from different people about this. And like, I, I lean, kind of in the middle of this where if it's Kenny Pickett under center, right? If he ends up being the starting mm -hmm. quarterback for this team, he was successful on play action by the numbers. But the problem is a lot of the success came on throwing it short, still even off of play action. He was not taking yeah. shots from play action. He was averaging still like seven or six or seven yards per attempt on play action, which is not great. You don't want to be averaging <laughs> six or seven yards in terms of play action because the whole reason you do that is to try to create open space and big plays down mm -hmm. the field. So it's still, I think, a good fit for him overall because they need to see if he can do that type of thing. But, again, there's a lot of positives to Arthur Smith. Like, th th I think this is where, this, where Steelers fans need to understand, like, the offense is going to be better almost assuredly by a significant margin. The question is, how much is it going to matter when you have to go through the AFC ultimately when your goal is to get to the Super Bowl, right? You, Rooney talked about it in his press conference. He wants to go back into the playoffs and win games. He wants to compete for Super Bowls again. To me, this is not the hire you make to do that. It's to just get to a point where you have a better mm. chance of maybe winning a playoff game or two. Yeah, I think that this does one thing for sure, Shane. I think it, it's going to probably solidify that Tomlin doesn't have to worry about his, his non-losing streak any because yeah, I do think that Arthur Smith – is good enough to get to that yeah. level. His baseline play is going to be good enough. Now I know that he went seven and 10 each of the past three years as the head coach of the Falcons. 
Uh, but j- when he can just has to solely focus on the coordinator side of things, uh, I think that's going to offer some st- stability to that offense. Um, it, the other interesting thing, Shane, is he likes guys that play really physical, yes. really downhill and aggressive. And so it makes me wonder, like, who's going to fit with the program and who isn't? Like, is he going to like the the blocking that Deontay Johnson offers out there? Or a George Pickens, is there going to be an effort issue at all? Pat Fryermuth might be the biggest question mark here yeah. because I think that Fryermuth, it probably in the back of his mind, he was hoping for a guy that would come in and run like a bunch of 11 personnel where he can be mm-hmm. out wide or out in the slot as like the Joker tight end that true move tight end. How much is he going to be asked to play in line? Something we know that he has not been very good at for the Steelers. And that is not how he wins at all. And so I'm interested to see how he fits in the mold here. Uh, What's this going to do for his career trajectory? And so it's just a lot of different pieces. Like there's some ones that you can kind of tell like Darnell Washington, like this is a, this is a perfect fit for him. And if he can't get it here, uh, then maybe he's not the prospect that we, we thought he was going to be. But uh, and the other thing I think that it tells you, Shane, the Steelers are going to value the offensive line in this yes. NFL draft. If they don't go big in free agency on it, I think they're going to be looking heavily at the offensive line, uh, knowing that they need a tackle, knowing that they need a center. I mean, the mm-hmm. offensive line is something that uh, the Titans valued when he was there. It's something that he valued uh, during his time in Atlanta. And so I think that that's a pretty safe assumption there as well. Uh, Shane, I want to talk about the philosophy, the team philosophy overall here. And this is something that I've written a few articles about yeah. uh, over the past few months here. My thought, and I want to know if, if you share the same thought that I do right now, is I feel like obviously it's really hard to find a franchise quarterback, right? Like that's if that if it came easy to everybody, everybody would be in playoff contention all the time. And so that's it just shows goes to show how difficult it is and how has has been for the Steelers uh, since Ben Roethlisberger. And so uh, that's one factor there, but the philosophy in general of just saying, we're going to run well, we're going to play defense. We're going to not turn the ball over. Does that cut it in today's NFL anymore? Knowing the type of quarterback play that is out there, knowing how hard it is to get to that biggest stage on turf, to get to that Super Bowl again, is that a recipe to get you back to the Super Bowl? Can you do it that way? Or do you need more than that? That's a really good question, and I've seen a lot of Steelers fans in particular who've been trying to defend this hire say that, you know, most of the top teams in the NFL this year who made the playoffs, who went far in the playoffs, they had top 10 run games, right? There's some of the best run teams in the NFL. Mm -hmm. The problem is pretty much every one of them, minus maybe the 49ers, but they're kind of a unique example, they all have developed effective drop-back passing games that they can go to off to offset any issues they may have in the playoffs if they can't get the run game going. And that that's the ultimate issue is it's not that you can't have a focus, like a focus on the run game. You can't have a focus on defense. It's that at the end of the day, if your quarterback cannot drop back 30, 40 times in a playoff game, when the opposing quarterback is Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, or even on a day where they actually decide ironically to run the ball a little bit more, Lamar Jackson also probably could have been in that discussion too because their game plan was whole mess, which that's a whole other conversation. Mm -hmm. But again, against those teams who also probably have really good defenses, who also have running games that are good, the quarterback then becomes the deciding factor in those playoff games a lot of the time. Like Mahomes, again, they scored 17 points, but he scored the points that mattered. He made the plays that mattered down the stretch of the game. The the throw to MVS to ice it, like stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You need that as part of your game plan. And if you don't have it, it's a roll of the dice instead of having an actual legitimate shot. You're, you're just hoping that, you know, Mahomes has a bad game, which just doesn't really happen in the playoffs. Or Josh Allen throws the ball to you a couple times, which he didn't do this year when we played him, right? Like, it just – it's such a limiting factor whenever you're banking on your defense to show up every week, essentially, your running game to show up every week. It has to be a balance of everything at the very least, or if it's not going to be a balance – you want it to skew then towards the passing game of the quarterback because that's more repeatable generally. It's really hard to stop a really great quarterback. Some teams, if they commit enough resources, they can stop your run game. Yeah, you use the run to set up the pass, not the other way around. And I think the issue uh, that the Steelers have is, is they think that they can get by just doing that. And you mentioned those examples right there. You have to be able to have the firepower. And I look at it this way, Shane. I feel like Let's say the Steelers get into the playoffs again as one of those wild card spots, maybe even win the division. And so, but it, let's say, assume for this example, if you get in as a wild card spot, you need to win three straight games to go to the Super Bowl. You need to win four straight games 
to become Super Bowl champions, which is the ultimate goal, and it should be yeah. for for all 32 teams. What is the likelihood that you can win four straight games to become the Super Bowl champions in the postseason if you can't pass the football enough, or if you get down and you don't have the ability to have enough firepower and offense to to uh, manage in the passing game? You're going to get down in the playoffs. I mean, it's just the way it is. If the Steelers were able to play all throughout the playoffs in the Super Bowl without ever trailing, like that would be miraculous. So knowing that you're going to get down, uh, you have to have an ability to fight your way back into a football game. And I just, I worry that with Arthur, Arthur Smith, I worry that with the philosophy in general, the Steelers have operated under uh, since Ben's later years, or even the departure of Ben, that it's just not going to be enough to get you to the ultimate goal, which is to win on the biggest stage on turf. And so I feel like if that's the case, then what are we doing here? Like, are we content with just getting to that nine to 11 win mark, maybe getting a playoff win. And I feel like a great example of this is the Tennessee Titans. When, uh, when Arthur Smith was there as the offensive coordinator, the offense was very, very efficient. The running game was the best in the league and they were able to win two playoff games following the, the 2019 season, but their season came to a screeching halt when they only were able to score 16 points and were bounced against the, uh, well, I think that one, I'm thinking of getting my games mixed up. That might've been a 24 point game, but they still lost by 10 to the Kansas city chiefs. Then the mm-hmm. following year, they were bounced with like a 13 point game. Yeah, the so I, them, yeah. 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 And so I feel like eventually you're going to find that team that you just can't go toe to toe with because your passing game isn't good enough. Like this is a passing league. And the in the rules are engineered to aid the passing league. Like there's yeah. there's a lot of you're not you can't do much as defensive backs. And so I I, I feel like the Steelers aren't taking advantage uh, of how much of a passing league this is, and they're still trying to rely heavily on the run. I, I, and then that's okay. But I think that you need to you have to at least have the firepower to when you get down and you will in the postseason. You have to be able to fight back in these games. And this is what worries me. I would much much rather Shane personally. I'd much rather be have the Steelers be the team that can pass the ball great and can't run the ball very efficiently rather than the other way around, because I think there's way more success and it translates to points a lot more when you can pass the ball and, and effectively and do so in the red zone as well, rather than just run the ball effectively. Yeah, totally agree there. I think that's, again, it's until, and we're, when we talk about our next thing, I will bring up something else to kind of, for, for, cause I could already feel the wheels turning in a lot of fans head if they were to watch this or just hear this, like, there's there's a, there's a factor at play here that we have to consider, but still, that is the mentality you have to have if you want to win in the playoffs. It has to be mm-hmm. at least the ability to. Maybe you don't want to do it all the time. Maybe you are really good at running the ball. And you don't want to have to ask your quarterback to do too much. That's okay. But when it comes down to it, can you ask them to go win you the game in the air? And if you don't think you can do that, you're going to be behind the eight ball, especially in, in the AFC right now. Yeah, and we talked about the passing numbers already. I mean, like I said, never more than 225 passing yards uh, on average in, uh, for a season average, which again would have ranked 18th in the NFL this year. So let's talk about the other major factor here, and that is the quarterback. I mean, this hire was so interesting to me, Shane. Not that you, not that you make that decision based on what the Steelers have, because they might not have anything going for them. But Kenny Pickett is not an under center quarterback. He's not a play action quarterback. He never has been. You can go back to his his best days with Mark Whipple uh, in in Pitt, and he, he's always been a guy that's done his best work out of shotgun. And so uh, it makes it interesting from that standpoint right there. And even Mason Rudolph, if, if the Steelers elect to bring him back, he's that big bodied quarterback who kind of fits like the Tannehill mold a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, that type of player, but. Even he doesn't have a lot of experience uh, working under center, working with these play action passes. He, and and yeah. if you recall, his whole college career was all spread offense and at every yeah, and the, yeah, and the Big Twelve is just so that's all that's all the Big Twelve yeah. that's all the Big Twelve is. Just, so it makes me yeah. wonder, Shane, do the Steelers have a different plan here at quarterback? Are they going to try to take these guys that have been in the league uh, a couple years to a handful of years now and, and turn them into something that they haven't been so far? Or do they have a plan to go out and get a quarterback that fits what Arthur Smith wants to do? I think the funny thing about that is I think there's certain elements of especially Kenny's game that I think makes sense with Arthur Smith. And the, the main one is the, the the ability to prevent turnovers, to limit turnovers. Because you can look at the Falcons' tenure and say, oh, well, his offenses were bad. And they were overall. But if you look at the way he tried to use his players, as much as people try to argue about like the, 
Bijan Robinson thing, Kyle Pitts. Like overall, their their total touches and targets were not bad. Could they have been better? Yes. Could they have been better managed? Sure. But he tried to get the ball to his playmakers. The problem is he had Desmond Ritter, a quarterback, who was seemingly determined to give the ball to the team as often as possible. That was, I think, the biggest limiting factor to his Falcons offense. Not so much his inability to call plays or the talent around his quarterback, but the quarterback itself. And you could say, well, Kenny Pickett's not good either. And I would say so far, absolutely. The thing he is much better, though, at is not throwing the ball to the other team and not coughing up the ball constantly. And in his offense, that might be enough as the quarterback to be relatively successful. Now, am I expecting him to suddenly throw for 30 touchdowns or for, or even close to 4,000 yards? Probably not, right? But I think he could fit well just because of his mentality as a quarterback. And then Mason, he's a veteran. I think he can handle that type of thing if you ask him to. So if it ends up with a competition between mm-hmm. those two, I think one of them will be able to be competent. Again, though, are we looking for competent? No, not particularly. At least I'm not. I know you're not either. I think in the draft, especially if you're looking for quarterbacks, there are some that would fit this system pretty well. But do you are you willing to take one high enough for it to be an upgrade? Or are you just taking one that is a better fit but may not be an actual upgrade overall? That's kind of where I think the bringing in a new quarterback thing, it's totally possible. The one thing I don't want to see is Tannehill come here and compete. I really don't care to see that at this point. But that is a little bit of a concern of mine that he might say, hey – let me bring in my boy Ryan. I can have him, you know, he doesn't have to necessarily start or anything, but and then it starts there, then he ends up starting games, and it's just a mess. So, yeah. Overall, I don't think he'll bring in a new quarterback that is guaranteed to start over those two guys, but I also think that one of them also might just be a decent fit, ultimately. Yeah, that would scare me a little bit, too. I, I yeah. got to admit, you bring in a Tannehill who's turning, I think he turns like 20, or 36 years old. I think he's going to be 36. Yeah, 36. So, it, and just been sitting there for a little bit. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, the other question, though, I'd have to ask, and it makes me wonder if it's going through Tomlin's mind, if it's going mm-hmm. through Arthur Smith's mind. Can, can you risk your reputation on Kenny Pickett? Like, you you trust him enough, and obviously Tomlin gave him a glowing review at, during his postseason press conference, where he's like, "Yeah, QB mm-hmm. one is on the roster." And so, I uh, I'm interested to see can this be a coach that revitalizes Pickett's career? I did not see Pickett at all in this type of offense. I got to be honest. Like when it it from watching him in college until now like i thought if he could make it work it would be as the sitting in the pocket kind of doing a little scrambling around of finding guys open using his legs that kind of stuff now i think that it could work out potentially because if they make the reads simple enough for Pickett, i i think doing the the pa bootleg stuff like that's the stuff that has me intrigued about this offense where if you get him out on the move and give him a little bit of space maybe he can find guys a little bit uh easier over the middle of the field and so uh, are they willing to risk potentially wasting a season though on a picket and Rudolph combination? And and if the, neither of these guys work with Arthur Smith, that's why I think that the hiring is is so interesting because neither of these guys have played in an offense that even remotely resembles this before. And so it makes me wonder if they will at least go out and get one other quarterback who has been in an offense like this. Um, and again, I think that the, the name we have to throw out here. Uh, once more is Justin Fields. Like this is a guy that's going to become available. I'd have to imagine that they're probably dialing themselves in to Caleb Williams as we speak right now. And so uh, I think it was Benjamin Albright maybe who said that the asking price will probably be a second, uh, potentially a pair of seconds and maybe even a second and a future third gets it done for a guy like Justin Fields, who again will uh, will be in need of a contract at some point here. Is the upside of getting a player with with that much potential, if you can revitalize his career, uh, is that something that the Steelers would explore? And, and would it be something that can get them a win or two higher than what what a Pickett would or what a Mason Rudolph would? So that's a, that's a conversation, obviously, we haven't had much yet because we just hit the offseason. But my problem ultimately is, well, I think he would fit that offense relatively well. And I think that's why until he was fired, especially the Falcons were an opening for fields that made a lot of sense. Again, I think even more so than the two we already have, he is going to struggle in a drop-back passing environment compared to even Tannehill and some other guys he's had in that offense, right? So 
the upside would be higher because as a runner, he could take advantage of if guys bite too much in play action and it's not there though, either still he could take off and run. Like there's a lot of positive elements to his game, but again, you're going to have to pay him. So if you bring him in and he is yeah. great for the system, okay, great. Now you have a $40 million quarterback and a roster that is aging on defense and you don't have a ton of money. So good luck with that. Like, I think the upside of that is not worth the potential downside of even if it works for the first year, it could end up just leading to further problems down the stretch. I mean, look what happened when Daniel Jones had a mildly career year for the Giants, and then they gave him a bunch of money. And now, he, now his next mm-hmm. messed up, and he was bad when he was out there. Like it, it just it, that scares me a little bit, admittedly. Oh yeah, I understand that for sure. I'm intrigued by it, Shane, because I mean, I'm intrigued I, too I think for that, sure. It's just like, I, I, but but I'm also intrigued by any option that is not what the I mean, Steelers currently have also in, in some well, regard. Yeah. So, but I, I, I can see like, if we're being realistic here, I do, I, I can see Arthur Smith and Mike Tomlin potentially going with like a Jacoby Brissett or somebody that you can get in there yeah. to operate this offense. Or like you said, Shane, have him on the roster and kind of just develops from there and says, Oh, big it. You're, like, you're starting the season off. Right. And it's kind of much not the doing good. The first two years not doing much. Yeah, here, like, here comes our, here comes our backup quarterback. Like we've seen before. So. Uh, I, I, I can see a move there for sure. I think, I mean, the Steelers made it clear they want to bring in quarterback competition, whether that will be through the draft or through free agency. I, I would have to imagine being in their current state, I think it's almost more likely that they go the free agent option to save their draft capital uh, elsewhere. Uh, but we'll see how that uh, transpires here. Um, anything else you want to add about Arthur Smith before we move on to a different topic? The last one, and it is kind of a mildly big one to me, especially if he isn't going to diversify it a little bit. His wide zone, especially aspect of his running game, is not the best fit for the Steelers personnel right now overall, especially running back. Mm -hmm. Like Warren, I think, would do it because he has the burst and stuff to do that. But if he if he thinks he looks at Najee, who's you know similar size to Derrick Henry in terms of height and weight, um, he Derrick Henry he is not right. That this is not a this is not a facsimile for Derrick Henry. Um, so I do worry a little bit about that, like, cause our running game really took off once we delved into the gap and power runs mm-hmm. and that's when it really got good. And I hope he can come in and say, okay, I have a guy who can run wide zone because of his speed and burst and Jalen Warren, but also have a guy who certainly probably can't do that very well, but is still valuable in other ways in Najee Harris. So if, if he can diversify his run game, I think it will be even better than it was last mm-hmm. year. But there is a little bit of hesitancy on my side that he's going to do that based on his track record so far. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up, Shane, because this is a good talking point. Uh, Pat Meyer runs a gap scheme, and so yes, it's very different. It and so, and I, and you're right. I don't think that Najee it fits that personnel uh, to be able to run that effectively. Too, you need to get quickness laterally before you go uphill yeah. and downfield, and so. Uh, he's certainly not Derrick Henry in that regard, who can just blow past people. I mean, just so freakish, like a Jim the, Brown type. There's like a there's a gear thing. that Henry can reach that isn't human yes. for someone of his size. That's and that's the the thing about him that made him so special with that because it is a still a more power oriented wide zone mm-hmm. instead of the more Shanahan like you want to get outside and try to find that cup. Like it is more of a power element to it. But whenever Henry gets up to speed, if they block it right, no one can catch him. Right, like we don't have that for yeah. Najee, right? We just don't. That's nothing against him. It's just not his game. So I hope that they, like you said, real, like and I talked about, realize that about him and still allow him to be effective by playing to his strengths more. Mm-hmm. And I love Arthur Smith's running scheme, but I, I would worry a little bit, Shane, that the biggest strength that he brings in there, so again, something the Steelers are already good at, and they've showed it each, down mm-hmm. the stretch of the, each of the past two seasons. Could they go backwards potentially a little bit if they're it's, if they do try possible. to learn a new scheme and it's they don't possible. have the the personnel for it? Maybe they they backslide a little bit with the running game uh, if they don't do it effectively or they don't find the right guys to bring in. And so that would worry me, worry me a little bit because if the running game isn't working, Arthur Smith's offense isn't going to work. And so no. I feel like uh, this is it, it is a big and important topic here. And I, I trust him to get it done because he's got again five year sample of calling these plays and, and running an offense that has at the very least been very good at running the football. And so, uh, but you do wonder if they do a, a shift in their, in their offensive scheme and they want to do a little bit more of the wide zone stuff. That's not really Pat Myers forte. That's not how the Steelers have been succeeding. And so uh, anytime there's change that way, uh, when there, it's kind of like the, if it's not broke, don't fix it mentality. Well, you're going to fix it anyway, because that's mm-hmm. what Arthur, Arthur Smith is here to do. Right. Um, and so it just makes for an interesting scenario. And one more thing I want to point out, Shane, 
Uh, there have been whispers out there. I mean, not any rumors or anything, but just, just from fans and some of the media saying, Hey, Mike Munchak, I know that you're unemployed right now. Mm-hmm. You have worked and yet they, and Munchak overlapped with Arthur Smith for three years in Tennessee. Yeah. Could he be a guy that they bring back in uh, early on? Uh, Gary Dulac is shutting this down a little bit here saying that, uh, no, he doesn't think that's a possibility. The Steelers are content with Pat Meyer. And I understand what Meyer did uh, in the second half of the year. It was, it was a lot more encouraging than what we've seen from him in the past. But I would tell you that I would kick Pat Meyer's butt out the door oh, faster yeah. than anybody. Yeah. If, if Munchak was willing to sign on, I mean, he's done just remarkable things, almost has three decades of experience mm-hmm. as an offensive line coach uh, in the NFL. And what he did when he, he was here 2014 to 2018 with the Steelers, Alejandro Villanueva, Ramon Foster, David DeCastro, Marquise Pouncey. Uh, I mean, uh, Marcus Gilbert, like he, he was phenomenal mm-hmm. getting the absolute most out of his guys and, and turning like former undrafted guys into like Pro Bowl level players. Like this is what he does. This is his yeah. niche. He is he is one of the top. Like if, if it's not him, maybe it's like Callahan. Like he is one of the power. I would say uh Mud, I think, was a guy too that, that was pretty good with yeah. that. Yeah. So, then, I mean, yeah, it's just all ahead. those guys. Yeah. At the very least, like, I think that he is a top three in the NFL at what he does. And so, yes, yes, yeah. I, I, I would kick uh, uh, Pat Meyer to the curb for him in a heartbeat if I could. Yeah. But it looked it, by the early sounds of it, at least, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like uh, the Steelers would be willing to do that. And who knows if if uh, Munchak would even be willing to come back right. after sitting at home and, and being comfortable there as well. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. If you are a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers and you would like to support the Still Curtain podcast, please consider subscribing to the Still Curtain podcast on YouTube. We appreciate all of your support. And the more that you subscribe, the more content uh, we can help bring to you guys. And if you are here joining us live, if you have any questions for Shane, please drop them in the live chat. We would love to be able to get to some of your questions here. All right, Shane, we're going to talk about the Senior Bowl going on in mobile this week. I actually enjoy the practices more than the game. I think you can tell yeah, more you, from yeah, them. You more. Uh, I have access to the Senior Bowl film, so I've been watching that play-by-play. Uh, play. O-line versus D-line is always a very telling uh, drill down here in mobile. And so um, it's uh, – I want to talk about this because such a big week in terms of what this team ultimately does in the NFL draft. We've seen them uh, be enthralled with players down there before, uh, and I think that we can get some really good insight just by watching these reps and seeing – which players are performing at a high level, which ones are not meeting expectations. And so let's start off with the question. Uh, pretty basic here, Shane, is which positions do you think that Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan, and the staff uh, down in mobile will be eyeing the most this week for the Senior Bowl? Uh, trenches are a big one, right? Offensive line, defensive line, those two are going to be big things that they're looking at. They always like looking at those guys in mobile. It, feel, it always feels like those are the standout kind of like where you can find some guys that maybe aren't being talked about a lot Yeah, is in that group, right? Is in those two groups. So I think they're definitely looking at those, especially with the needs along the offensive line. And honestly, increasingly with the defensive line, because again, we have some question marks already on the team. Cam Hayward's long-term availability is kind of in question, of course, as he gets older. So both those groups are really important. And then for me, especially, I hope corner, right? Corner has to be something that they're looking at, especially if they decide yeah. to go offensive line early they need to identify some guys that could possibly bring in on day two and day three that could potentially have an impact early on in the secondary so because we desperately need that as well yeah those are the two big ones for sure and i'm sure uh that's where Steelers are going to have their eyes uh when they're down there this week let's talk about some of the standouts early on shan i don't know how much of a chance you've had to watch uh some of the senior bowl film that is out there but i've ran through it and i wanted to highlight a few guys Mm -hmm. here and then you can share your thoughts on them uh, the most impressive player so far through well, we're recording this, like at the end of the second day of practice. Mm-hmm. And so I've got to see some things from the second day and I got to watch all the first day stuff. Jackson powers, Johnson, the center out of Oregon. This guy is a beast. And I'm so impressed by what he has done so far. Like he doesn't give any ground in pass protection. He's driven people into the dirt. Like I, I initially Shane, I was hopeful that this would be a guy on the Steelers radar in the second round is not making it there anymore. I, I, I think that, I think that he's going to, it, he has the potential to fall between their first and second round pick. And, and because centers don't get drafted as high as sometimes we think that they should, because even though he, I, I think he's the best center prospect in this draft, 
he still might fall to like beginning of the second round type of range. Uh, but I wouldn't be shocked. Like the way that he's playing right now, I wouldn't be shocked if uh, Pittsburgh had some first round consideration for him. Yeah. And I think this is something that you have to think about too, is this is not a normal center prospect. And I don't mean that he's like head and shoulders above guys like Creed Humphrey, other guys that have come out in the last couple of years. It's that he is a legitimate rocked up 330 pounder who can play guard as well. Like he could legitimately, I think be Mm -hmm. a top of the line guard prospect if he didn't play center at all. And that's the difference I think as to why you could see him drafted late first round instead of where a lot of other centers go in the mid to late second round. Because if you have a center, right, if you decide, you know, our center position is pretty strong, but this guy's on the board and maybe the center is aging or he's a guy that maybe you do want to eventually replace, you can stick him at right or left guard. And I think he was going to be an immediate day one starter there too. Again, you just don't see centers with that size profile almost ever and have them be athletic enough to be a center as well. And he certainly is. Like he has all the goods as a guy who can play the center position with the size and strength of a guy who is typically going to be one of the guards. So he's Mm -hmm. a unique prospect. And I think because of that, like I said, the Steelers, if they want him, it's likely going to be with either their first round pick if they think he's better than the tackles maybe that they could get at that point if they're looking offensive line or a trade up or down possibly even Mm -hmm. depending on how they want to play it. Yeah, talk about an easy sell though for Mike Tomlin and Omar Khan. Yeah, that's, like, a, that's spent, a stealer. The, yeah, yeah. You you spent the last like three years watching Kendrick Green just get yep. bullied into the pocket, <laughs> and then the same with Mason Cole again last year. It's mm-hmm. like this guy that will not happen to him. No, if he'll he, lose, maybe it'll be from speed around the edge. Not not the best mover right. in space, which is understandable for like a three hundred thirty pounder. Three hundred thirty pounder. That's he's still better it's, than he should be. <laughs> Yes, he is. It's and I've been crazy. super impressed so far. And it does, you mentioned Creed Humphrey. It does, it reminds me, different type of player, obviously. Right. Humphrey was that 100th percentile athlete guy, not quite as big, obviously, or, or powerful. But I remember watching every rep of Humphrey at the Senior Bowl, and I watched him back-to-back, all three practices. The guy barely lost a rep there. Yeah, and I was he, very yeah. high on him. I, I believe I had Humphrey 20, 23rd on my board. I was pushing hard for the Steelers to draft Humphrey or Landon Dickerson in 2021. Mm-hmm. They went with a running back and we're not going to talk about that right now. And, <laughs> and he, he's turned out to be a solid player, but the, right. the philosophy, it goes back to that philosophy again, mm-hmm. Shane, but Get the philosophy. Uh, I, I think that already like Jackson powers, Johnson is reminding me of kind of what Creed Humphrey was able to do. It's like, where the, when the offensive linemen look good, like every single rep, like your footwork's good, your power's good. You, you just manhandle the, the, the competition down at the senior bowl. That typically translates very well. And, and we these guys typically turn out to be really good players in the NFL. And so I'm very encouraged by what, by what I've seen from Jackson Powers Johnson right now. And if you're okay with another JPJ on the Steelers, but on the offensive side right. of the ball, of course we are. Uh, and I think everybody would be. The question, though, becomes like, how does this value compare to other positions? Obviously, like tackles a more – in a nutshell, like tackle is a more important position than center. And I don't think anybody should argue mm-hmm. against that. But is the tackle prospect you're going to get? Is that better than the center? And it's a really good tackle class too. So I want to highlight some of these guys as well. Tackle class, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, another name I wanted to to highlight here, Shane. This is a fun one. Is is Lad McConkey? He's the wide receiver from Georgia. Uh, maybe you've seen him so far. This guy just does a little bit of everything for you. He does it as a at a high level, and I think that he's potentially the biggest standout uh, so far at the Senior Bowl. Among the wide receivers, Roman Wilson is the other one, yeah, uh, the Michigan well. receiver who's who has been very solid, and that is to be expected. Uh, but McConkey is a guy that can play in the slot. He can play outside. His size came in good as he's 5'11 and a quarter, 187 pounds. He's pretty rocked up. Uh, and he, he, in some ways, he kind of reminds me of like that Deontay Johnson type player. Yeah. Uh, maybe a better hands version of that guy though, where you can just do everything. The route running has been so crisp. The separation stuff has, it, it'll, it'll drop your draw. And so if you haven't watched Lad McConkey play yet, go put on some of that, uh, film. And if you can't find any, just go to Twitter, uh, search his name I'll on there because you'll, you'll see some really impressive routes. Like he's got like these whip routes and stuff that defensive backs can't stay with them. And obviously these drills when you're doing one on ones, you want to focus more on the guys yeah. who actually can handle receivers in these, and less so on the receivers beating corners. For sure, it's, it's hard to. It's hard it it to favors it favors this type of player it for does. sure. But it if does. you go back and put on his Georgia film, he did this. Stuff it's it's all really stuff. impressive stuff. And in, in Pro Football Focus, 
has him as the 32nd overall player on their board. Mm-hmm. I don't think he gets drafted that high. I think he's a second round pick, but the Steelers, like if they, if, I mean, obviously they're a need for a receiver. They're going to cut Allen Robinson. You don't really have a number three. Maybe this is a guy they, they love picking from Georgia. They picked two Georgia guys last year so that you can bet your bottom dollar. They will have everybody on hand at Georgia's pro day. And so uh, this could be a name that they could be eyeing. So keep an eye on that one there. Uh, Quinion Mitchell. This is another guy that's going to fall potentially in that range. Uh, big athletic cornerback from Toledo. And so I, I, I caution a little bit, Shane, about taking a non-power five guy in the first round. There will be some who will give him a glowing endorsement and say that he deserves to be a first round pick because of how good he is. He, he He's a name among like five or six other cornerbacks that are in like that late first round, early mm-hmm. second round uh, consideration there. Did you get a chance to watch any of his senior bowl stuff so far? Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Yeah, so I didn't watch his senior bowl film, but I did get a chance to check, take a look at him a little bit. Um, I'm starting to watch players for the draft here coming up. So he's a guy that's interesting to me because he's not really a typical Steelers corner fit because he is definitely an off-coverage type of guy. He doesn't have a lot of press reps, not a lot of man-to-man stuff. So uh, it would be an, an awkward fit as far as looking at him for the Steelers, but elite, elite athlete. And I think that's the thing that you wonder, like, can he maybe grow into doing some more – versatility things as far as press and running true man like he has the athleticism for it for sure it's just they didn't really ask him to do that i think part of that is because when you have a guy that's this athletic if you let him play off and let him just read the quarterback that's when you have a lot of ball production you have interceptions yet i remember uh watching uh the stock exchange draft podcast you guys should definitely check that out if you want to see uh prospects and stuff but they talked about there's a game i forget against who he was playing but there's a quarterback who just kept throwing him the ball for like no reason at all, like four picks in one game. And yeah, it's an, it's an outlier, but it is just tells you like, this is the type of player he is, right? He's a guy that wants to read what's going on and drive the football with his athleticism. So. Yeah. His Toledo film obviously shows that he was like a man among boys out there. And I'm kind of surprised that he didn't uh, choose to transfer. I think it's because his, it's his home is right there. And so uh, it, it might not hurt him at the end of the day because right. he's obviously been really good. And, and his his stuff that I've seen in the first two days of practice here and stuff that was been posted today, it's been really impressive stuff. He yeah. had an awesome pick today where yeah, uh, the receiver perfectly and goes and snags the ball, just high points it uh, in the middle of the end zone. And so uh, I think that that's a, a, a name to watch at least because at the, at the very least, even if he's not the perfect fit, we know that Tomlin does have some, at least some level of interest in Mac guys. I mean, Deontay Johnson came from Toledo and he could fall in that range. The Steelers uh, late first round range where they're going to be selecting uh, another guy, 
Shane, that I've been impressed with so far is I don't want to butcher this first name of Talise Fuaga. Yeah, Talise uh, Fuaga he, is how you say it. Yeah. He, he is the big mammoth right tackle out there at Oregon State, I believe it is. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he, he's he been looking excellent at the Senior Bowl. Like I feel like, again, if you want to take anything away from what happens during all of Senior Bowl week, my my advice is – Watch what happens on the O-line versus D-line drills. Like yes. these to me are the most telling thing that goes on in mobile and the guys that can dominate uh, the one-on-ones in, in the O-line D-line drills, they typically end up being solid players at the next level. And, and Fuaga is one of those guys that's looked really good so far, uh, has buried some of the better pass rushers there in Alabama so far. And so I think that that's a name to watch. Obviously the Steelers have a need. For I would even go as far to say a right tackle because yes, I would love to throw. Yeah, uh, I'd love to throw Broderick Jones back at left tackle where he's more natural. Now, would they take a a, a Big Twelve guy? Would you take somebody or a Pac twelve guy from uh, in the first round where they will be picking? It's not. It, it's a little bit out of character for them, but at the same time, we do have a different front office here. They might not abide by all of the same former trends that we saw uh, with uh, Kevin Colbert there during his tenure. So a name to watch for sure because again. Another one of those uh, late first round potential offensive tackles. Once the top guys kind of get wiped off the board, he could be maybe the next best of that group there. I will say from what I've heard from other people and from some of the top draft analysts, we might not have to worry about him because he might be gone in the first 10 to 15 picks. There's multiple people who have him ahead of Olufushanu, believe it or not, as as a tackle. And now granted, they're two very different Mm -hmm. players who play different roles, but Fuaga especially, like he would be the perfect fit for what the Steelers want to do because he's a good pass protector. I would say that he has his flaws because he just is more of a mauling guy. But if you want to run the football, yeah, you can run the football behind this guy for sure. So like that that combination would be fun. I don't know if he'll be in range to do that or if we'll be in range to get him based on what I've heard. But if he maybe has a rough combine or something, something knocks him down, I'll take him in a heartbeat at 20. Oh yeah, I mean he's he, he certainly looks the part for sure. I mean, doesn't lack in power. Uh, I he, he's a guy that would be an ideal fit probably for what the Steelers need. And so, yes, uh, check out his film if you get a chance. Roman Wilson's a name that I've already mentioned once on mm-hmm. here. Just a solid all around player. I think that he's going to be yeah. uh, a, a good player. And I don't think the Steelers are going to take a receiver yeah. that high in the draft. They're yeah. they're not going to have enough interest for that. And then Tyler Guyton is the last name that I wanted to highlight. And again, That's we're still very one. early on in this process. Uh, between now and next week's show, I'm going to do a lot more uh, Senior Bowl film watching, and so I'll, I'll be able to tell you a few more guys next week. Uh, but Guyton has looked phenomenal so far. A little sloppy uh, in his footwork, but just has just brute strength. Uh, ideal size uh, for the right tackle position. I think he would be an awesome fit. Uh, Broderick, in some ways, uh, in terms of his play style, where he just has that physicality and just bully you at the point of attack type mentality. So he's been excellent. And I would go as far to say is he might be the second best player, uh, maybe only behind Jackson powers Johnson, just cause I've been so impressed with every single rep that he's, he's had. So, yeah, far. He's something else. Um, so obviously uh, we're, we're less than halfway through. We're going to go back in and I will get a chance to watch today's senior bowl tape tomorrow's senior bowl tape. And we, when we reconvene on the podcast next week, I'll be able to uh, share more insight with you there as well. And uh, any other comments that you need to get to Shane? Uh, there was a couple that we have from our good friend, our barley 18 who always likes to chime in. Um, he's talking about the center from LSU, Charles Turner. I um, didn't get a chance to watch him at all yet. So I'm not familiar with him. I'm um, just talking about the offensive line situation and coaching. Yeah. Yeah. Again, if, if we're truly like, if Munchak would, would come back, you should do it if he isn't going to. And again, maybe we have no idea if he would even be interested, right? Like we don't know that. So it is, it is funny to think about if we didn't take that opportunity, if he was available. But mm. uh, the only other thing I want to mention with Guyton is he is probably one of the better athletes to tackle those come out in the last five years. And you wonder like with, the, with that type of athletic profile, is he going to work out almost just kind of by default to a certain degree, just even if he kind of relies just on that athleticism, right? Because when you're that athletic mm-hmm. at tackle, there's certain things that you're going to be able to do that other guys just physically cannot prepare for. <laughs> it's like pass rushers or his run, de- or run defenders trying to deal with you. Like it, he's a, certainly a fun player. And I think how well he performs at the combine and at the senior bowl the rest of the way and pro days, he could end up getting up into close to the first round, even though right now he's more of a second round type of guy. 
Yeah, and I, I think that he's going to be a fast riser if I had yeah. to, to guess Shane, because of, sense, of the yeah. senior bowl film and just the traits that he possesses, the the, the brute strength that he has at that size. Uh, and I think that, uh, again, that we could be looking at a guy that's that's right in that range, fits a position of need for the Steelers. Uh, so keep your eye on him as well. Uh, any other names that you want to highlight, Shane? Uh, for now, no. I, th- I, I need to get back into watching some more. Of the okay. Guys before we uh, I do want to talk. I, I want to spend a minute to talk about mm-hmm. the quarterbacks here before mm-hmm. we end up signing off for today. Uh, there are some fun quarterbacks down in mobile this year. Obviously, you have Michael Penix Jr., uh, Bo Nix. You've got Spencer Rattler down there. Which of the quarterbacks of this this group that's down in mobile, Shane, do you think would fit best for what Arthur Smith wants to do on offense? If the Steelers were to go with that, maybe say on a, like a day two pick. I think of the guys that are down there, probably Knicks because he has a good balance of tools from an athletic standpoint. He's a good thrower of the football overall. He's very much gotten used to playing within structure at Oregon after having a really wild, chaotic career at Auburn before that. I think he'd be the most seamless fit. I think Penix's arm talent would make the play action game very interesting because you could really take some deep shots down the field with him. Um, but his his athleticism is kind of limited, I think, from the injuries he sustained in his career, which is unfortunate. He has some more wheels to him, I think, back in his Indiana days. But at this point, it's just not quite the same. And then Rattler's a guy that I'm I'm really interested in watching once I get to him because right now I'm starting with the consensus top like six quarterbacks or so, um, and I've gotten through half of them so far, but. He's a guy that he has the talent, I would say, as a thrower, especially. It's just, you know, can he keep his head on straight? Because there's some issues with that at Oklahoma and stuff like that. Like, he's a guy that I'm curious about as well, though. Yeah, Rattler's had a really interesting career path, obviously. Got benched at Oklahoma for Caleb Williams, didn't get his job back, had to Mm -hmm. enter the transfer portal, Uh, went to South Carolina, had a bit of a rough year. But I think that he really bounced back nice. From what uh, I've heard, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, and, and this year at least, and I don't know about his leadership. I can't speak to to all that kind of yeah. stuff. But I was I I went and put a few games of his on uh, just the other day, and I was impressed by some of the stuff he was able to do, being outmatched in talent in a lot of these games, playing in the SEC, just making some really nice throws. And so that one has me intrigued. Like as a, as, as like a mid round flyer maybe yeah. he goes like in the third round ish range yeah he, so. he has the tools to make good on like if you if he can figure out the stuff that's limited him in college he would be one of those guys that could return value as like a mid-round pick and end up being better than that yeah and as far as arthur smith's offense goes though like he's always had like these these bigger bodied type quarterbacks yeah. I mean, like ryan Tannehill's like the six foot five guy does he want somebody in that mold because if he does there's not a lot of quarterbacks in mobile that really fit uh, no. That profile there, maybe like a Michael Penix, like, but uh, he's always kind of played in a different style of offense too. And so uh, it's, it's, I'll be interested to see at least. I know that people are like, oh, Mike Tomlin has met with Bo Nix. Well, he went over and shook Bo Nix's hand. I don't know. If yeah. They, that's... They'll probably get these formal meetings. I'm sure they yeah. will get these formal meetings going around. Uh, but yeah. I, I'll be interested to see throughout this process. How much interest do the, will the Steelers ultimately have in the quarterback position? That is going to be the biggest very question. Fun, fun to see uh, that sure. we that we want to figure out. Um, one more comment here, Pat yeah. Paul. Patrick Paul has looked. So I hit it twice here. Patrick Paul has looked awful too. Pat Paul is a really interesting guy because he's a just hulking, freakish size <laughs> like this. Hulking Houston, Houston yeah. tackle is like six seven, three hundred and thirty five pounds, freakishly long arms. Oh yeah, uh, but he needs to increase his lower body strength. He he does get moved too easily. But that the movement skills for a man his size are really impressive, and so yeah. I'll be I'll He's be really interested guy to, for sure. Yes, for sure, and I I want to track him uh, throughout this process to see where he's going to end up going and and what uh and what kind of grade I'll and ultimately end up having on him. Intriguing prospect for sure. Uh, that was the big news for today, Shane. Obviously, the Arthur Smith, the Steelers at the Senior Bowl. Anything else that you want to touch on before we end up signing off today? No, I think again, senior rule. We'll see how it plays out the rest of the week. I'm, I'm curious how we see you guys. I think Jackson Parish, Power Johnson, according to what I saw, might be kind of bowing out because I think he kind of proved his point from what I heard. I don't know if it's an injury. I hope it's not, but I know I think he didn't practice the back, back half of the day. So we'll see if he comes back okay. out there. But he's one of those guys where he could probably just say, Yeah, I proved my point. I can uh, just chill out for now, probably. Yeah, and it would do it for different reasons than like right. what Daywan Jones did last year. Is like I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, I need to so, need break. <laughs> yeah. No, I I will be sure uh, between now and next week's show we'll get caught up on all this film. Mm-hmm. I've got a couple uh, a couple friends down there that they're going to get some inside stuff as well, and so uh, we will reconvene next week and possibly do Tuesday's show yes. as well. So we'll we'll plan on going live on Tuesday. 
Uh, you can join us live every single Wednesday for this show at 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. If we do our Tuesday show, it'll be at the same time. Thank you all for joining us today on the show. You can follow Shane on Twitter at Shane Kubis. You can follow me on Twitter at Tommy Jagai. You can download the Still Curtain podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Also check us out on YouTube or ask Alexa to play the Still Curtain podcast. And thanks again for listening to the Still Curtain podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.